Hello everyone. Welcome back to the second episode of Embracing Differences with me, Nipin Anand. Now, we have been talking about safety reporting systems uh, in our last episode, uh, where I left you with some thoughts about near-miss reporting systems in discussions with Oysa Hildeberg. My guest tonight is Carsten Butch. I'd let Carsten introduce himself in a minute, but what I really liked about Carsten is his unique ability to draw from a rich and very historical perspective, which is very unique, and also connect his research with practice, which basically means that people like yourselves can intuitively recognize some of what he says, but also feel challenged enough to learn something new in a constructive manner. Now, I have no idea what Costin will be going to be saying today, but I'm sure every minute listening to Carsten is very worthwhile. Carsten Bush, for those who don't know me, um, I have worked a lot in uh, various safety uh, positions in the Netherlands, in Norway, and a bit offshore UK. Um, railways, that's my, my main background, and currently in the police. And, well, I tend to describe myself as a safety nerd and historian, uh, dig a lot in old books and well, I'm going to tell a bit uh, from a new book that's coming, which deals with the work and also life of uh, Heinrich, the safety pioneer. Thank you, Nippin, uh, for inviting me to do this and to follow up uh, Uzer's uh, presentation from last week or the podcast from last week. And uh, Uzer, he took up some really important points, I think, uh, good critical points. And uh, he raised some challenges about the uh, near-miss reporting and the reporting systems. And it's, it's good to follow up there. And I hope to add a couple of uh, points to the things that uh, Uzer uh, told us. And well, my, my aim is to give an uh, even richer understanding maybe uh, of, the, of the subject. And well, maybe it can help us to deal with this uh, better. Near misreporting and incident reporting, I think, is one of the most basic safety tools. Uh, they're one of the things that well, probably everybody who starts in safety uh, is thought about this and this you should do. Uh, yet I feel if you see what's practiced and Uzer mentioned some of the things um, that it's a little understood uh, how it really should uh, work and what's behind it. And I think that leads to a lot of suboptimal and sometimes even uh, bad uh, practices, harmful practices uh, even. So I'm going to take you to some thoughts of mine. Um, almost a year ago, I sat down to write the most uh, difficult chapter of uh, the Heinrich book that's coming. Uh, which was dealing is going to deal with, with the triangles, chapter 9 in the book. And I, I really had a problem getting started and, and proceeding with the book. And I thought, now I have to use Christmas holiday uh, to read through about 200 uh, papers and book chapters and other uh, sources. 
and just try to to shape this, get a better understanding of, of uh, the, the matter and, well, put this uh, in place and then the, the book uh, will follow. And, and it, it did. And I want just to share uh, some small snippets from that uh, chapter with you. So near misses, what are near misses? And I think in its most basic form, it's the realization, man, this could have been uh, really bad. And um, I'm living in Norway and uh, a great example is uh, driving your car now in this uh, time of the year. Because if you start too late or if the weather changes too quickly in October, you will find yourself uh, driving around uh, on summer tires uh, and there's already ice on the road. And you may have this, uh, uh, well, this, this weird movement of your car and, well, slip a bit in, in the corners, etc. And I think that's, that's a very typical uh, and good example uh, to, to describe a near misses. Uh, you realize, oh, shit. I could have had an accident here. I should do something to prevent that this happens next time. You drive uh, slower, you take the, the corner slower, you, you change your tires if you haven't already, etc. So how did it uh, get into uh, safety? Um, I would say uh, that's very much um, thanks or if you are against it, uh, due to uh, Heinrich. And it's one of Heinrich's uh, uh, main contributions uh, to safety and original contributions to safety. What I mean with it is that um, people tend to know Heinrich's work and they think that it's him who came up with all these things, uh, like the dominoes, uh, the accident sequence uh, and so on. Uh, he did not really, what Heinrich uh, most of all did was make a best of um, safety, good safety practice in the late 20s, early 30s. And he put it together in a coherent framework and packed it with some nice numbers and pictures and so on. And his main contribution, which is mostly original his work was the triangle and the, the, the learning of minor events, near misses and so on. Um, there were others who had mentioned it before, uh, but none of them really followed through and, and built the idea the way he did. And what was really funny uh, when I did my research, uh, his, uh, he says in one of his early papers, uh, this was a coincidence that we discovered this. It's an incidental to other research. They researched the hidden cost of accidents and they found out, hey, we have uh, some accidents that uh, have a major cost. And then we have had similar accidents before that didn't have those costs. So people could have intervened uh, earlier. And that was uh, where the, the triangle started for him. Uh, 10 years be uh, before that, um, this is the earliest source that I have found on uh, near misses in safety literature, and there may be earlier. And I think this Mr. <coughs> Richardson, sorry, he was quite ahead of his time. What he says here is uh, there's probably no source that's greater 
then the <clears throat> lessons drawn from the observation of uh, well minor events they happen often almost everybody knows them and um, most people don't uh, pay attention to them <clears throat> because there are no consequences but there are major lessons uh, hidden in them and I think that must have been groundbreaking in uh, 1916 when he wrote this in a safety engineering magazine. And yet uh, nobody picked it up uh, in 10 years. It was just a tiny article uh, on one page, I think. And so uh, it was until uh, Heinrich uh, uh, found, well, discovered it uh, again. <clears throat> and Heinrich's first uh, mention is in 27 where he says uh, for every actual in injury that occurs there are several near accidents resulting in minor things <clears throat> and this is uh, the, the very first mention two years later he wrote a whole paper on it and um, you see here on the slide so the very first uh, picture and you will see it's not a pyramid, it's not a triangle, it's uh, not even an iceberg. Heinrich never used the word iceberg uh, either, not in this context at least. It's, well, just a simple representation of the, of the idea. There's one major thing, there are some uh, minor injuries, and then there's a lot of uh, stuff just going right. And he developed it from here. And until uh, his last work in 59, uh, he, he would tinker with it and make some changes and improvements, if you want. I don't have the time to discuss uh, the research, the underlying principles, which are actually quite um, essential in interpreting uh, the triangle right. And, and there are also different ways of reading it not going to do that but i may touch on some of those in a minute what i want to do is discuss a couple of main messages that i take from the uh, triangle and i think that heinrich intended to be the main messages and this is one of them um, the importance of any individual accident he wrote in prevention lies in the potential that's in the uh, event not in the outcome. So he said we should judge events not on the outcome, the fact that a lot of people died or got injured or whatever. We should judge them on their potential. And I think that's, well, that, that's an introduction of risk-based thinking into, uh, into uh, safety which wasn't there uh, to that extent, I think. And I've uh, written a little formula, and, and we can discuss that. Uh, but uh, I would say outcome, it's mostly a function, uh, according to Heinrich. Uh, he says it's, it's a coincidence, mostly. It's, it's, it's luck, uh, I would say. And, and he agrees in his other writing. Uh, it's a function of scenario the energy involved and some randomness. And for those who see the slide, uh, here's a train on a level crossing having hit a car. Uh, there's a lot of energy involved here. So everybody uh, knows uh, the damage can be bad. Here is a lot of potential. 
Um, the scenario is a car on a level crossing, and then there's a huge random factor determining uh, the outcome. If the car is a, a half meter uh, uh, to, the, to the front, um, nobody is uh, hurt, and there may be just a scratch. If it's uh, a, a meter back in the middle of the tracks, uh, th there's a full-on hit, and people uh, will probably die. And whether there's one or five uh, fatalities, it's not a function of the accident. It's a function of how many people are in the car. Is it just a guy uh, driving to the shop or is it a mother uh, soccer mom with a, a football team in the back? Then uh, the, the well result, the outcome is much worse. Um, and Heinrich uh, had a, a rather interesting conclusion, and I think it's valid even today. He says, uh, when you see this and you realize this, um, you should realize that uh, we misdirect our efforts in safety because we wait for the big bang to happen. Then we start a big uh, investigation. Then we try to learn and we have ignored all the, the uh, minor things where we could have learned. And basically we could have learned uh, the same thing. So um, I think that was uh, quite, uh, quite ahead of his time. And it's what we still see today because excellent boards react when there's something bad, really bad. And nowadays, they will probably also uh, act if there is a, a major uh, near miss without fatalities. But it's most of all uh, that we start to investigate when really bad things have happened. And what I, I like best in Heinrich's representation and writing about uh, the, the triangle is that he says it's an opportunity. And he repeats this uh, in, in many papers where he says it's an opportunity to do something long before something bad happens. And that's if you have so read some of Heinrich's work, uh, he, he was an optimist. He was a really encouraging and he was mostly writing self-help books for safety people and managers doing safety, if you want to put it that way. And he puts these things at opportunities and chances and, well, you can do this. So get to work. It's, it's a call to action. Just a few words about misunderstanding because I think Heinrich's idea was great. And um, as things go, if, you if somebody has a good idea, others will adopt it and well, interpret it in their way and maybe uh, change it a bit. And we see here three common misunderstandings, I think. Um, uh, at the bottom, you have uh, the interpretation of the triangle as some kind of a metric. You use it to, to measure how your organization is doing. It's not meant for that. And I think it's, it's really, well, not useful there unless you want to compare how many accidents you have of what type in what year and last year, but yeah, whatever. You can also use a table, so why use a triangle? 
Um, then there's the proportional, uh, proportional uh, reduction, which I won't go into because that's a, a complex uh, discussion, but there's a real misunderstanding that people think that you just saw away a bit and then uh, you get rid of the bad stuff, the, the, the really big accidents. It doesn't work that way for a number of reasons. And uh, then, of course, you have uh, the, the issue where people um, mix various triangles, like they're uh, very good at managing slip trips and falls. They get a award seven years without an LTI and the day after your island, uh, your uh, facility blows up. And, and we have several examples of that. Uh, Deepwater Horizon is here on the picture. Uh, Andrew Hopkins uh, wrote a very good book about Texas City where he discusses this problem and says you, you have to use separate uh, triangles. Uh, you, you can't just blend them. That's one of the most common misunderstandings, I think. Um, in general, I am positive about uh, near-miss reporting systems and, and the whole th thought behind it. Um, what I've come to realize um, in, in recent years, more than before, I think, and that's, well, probably some, something with professional maturity and seeing that stuff doesn't work as easily as we imagine. Um, there are some major challenges and limitations, and it's really important uh, to, to think about these and, well, we probably can't solve them all, but um, realizing that they are there uh, will make it easier to deal with them and probably get more out of uh, the, the, the system that probably every organization has. And I, there is a sub-chapter in, in my book. I just pick out some highlights from that uh, chapter, which I want to share with you here. Um, the first is the problem of recognition and identification. Um, near misses are by definition uh, weak signals and weak signals are by definition weak. And um, they're hard to see. Um, and they are easiest to see after the fact, after something really bad has happened everybody uh, can point out now uh, what uh, people should have seen on the deep water horizon and what they should have acted upon because there were weak signals before the big bang and then that applies to to any uh, uh, event i think um, there are a lot of excellent reports where there's written uh, this happened before and uh, people should have seen etc etc so it works perfectly in hindsight. Uh, it's not so easy uh, with foresight. And when it is in foresight, it depends very much on the, the ones looking at the situation. It requires uh, experience, knowledge, uh, critical mind. Uh, it also requires a willingness to speak up, of course. And so on, and so on. So there are a lot of uh, uh, input uh, problems here in 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 this uh, uh, system, and I think Uzer raised one, a very interesting one, uh, also a very common one. Um, you see in this system one type of accidents a lot of or incidents a lot, 
and others uh, not. And he called it the forgivable factor, which I think was just brilliant. But it's it's it illustrates uh, one of the problems uh, of your input. And then there is, of course, how do you communicate this up in the system or uh, to the side of the system? Does my colleague understand when I raise a problem that I've seen that could have been bad, in my opinion? Does my colleague understand that? Does he or she interpret uh, the, the situation the way I do and does understand? And is there a common understanding of what we should do? Or is it uh, maybe so that the, the one who gets the signal uh, thinks, oh, but uh, this was success, this works, because nothing bad happened. So this is an easier way of doing things, or, well, this is acceptable, and, well, we, we may be uh, increasing our risk because we interpret uh, the, the signal wrong. Then there is the, the issue of prioritization. We have gotten some stuff into the system and maybe we are really good at getting stuff into our system. Uh, what should we select to work with? Because we cannot solve everything at once. So we have signals. There's probably a lot of noise and especially the systems that uh, put a bonus on, on reporting, etc., will have noise because people report not for safety, but for the bonus, for example. Uh, and then uh, there's uh, also the, the manager who uh, will uh, be in doubt, what should I do? Shall I do the low hanging fruit, the easy to, to clear stuff? Or should I go, go really to work and do the high potentials and the stuff that really may matter? And there's always the danger that the system gets swamped with a lot of information. And you, you, you have the discussion between over-reporting, which is not much discussed in safety, I think, and under-reporting. And there's probably uh, both... Uh, going on at the same time because we get a lot of reports of one type and almost none of the other. So that's interesting problem. Then there's the question of effectiveness. We have stuff into the system, we have made a prioritization, and then we have to ask ourselves, okay, if we do something, what's the effect? What's the effect of uh, my action? If I act on a weak signal, on a near miss, um, uh, will it be uh, successful? Um, will it, if there's no accidents, will it just increase the hassle because we've put in an extra safety barrier or an extra procedure or we spend money on something? Uh, on the other side is the question, if I don't act and somebody dies, uh, what kind of problems do I have then? So there's this, uh, this uh, balancing of, well, many possible uh, outcomes. And then the side effects, of course, I already said, uh, maybe a, a safety action uh, just increases uh, problems, uh, well, over to Pero and, and not... Uh, making the system more complex and then it gets out of control. A uh, fourth major uh, group of challenges is the problem uh, of uh, to what, 
if you see a near miss, observe a near miss, um, you will probably uh, want to deal with them in, uh, or often organizations want to deal with them in in a mass, uh, in in a certain number, and and well react on trends and so on. And then there's uh, the the question of uh, scenarios: uh, Are they really similar? And aren't you just uh, acting on the big number and ignoring uh, the the small? high potential uh, stuff, for example. And this is a difficult uh, question because um, you can make very specific uh, uh, scenarios, which means that you have to treat every uh, near miss or incident or whatever uh, on its own. Uh, you, you can also uh, make uh, the, the scenario groups uh, too abstract that they don't have uh, function either, like um, all events on uh, on rail tracks, which which doesn't help if you get what I mean. And then uh, there's the question. Um, Heinrich did his work in a period when uh, the world was fairly linear and manual and steam-driven uh, and so on. Um, and much more uh, tractable than today's uh, processes and today's systems. And the question uh, is, um, does this really work in today's complex systems? And I don't have a real answer on that. I'm just putting it here. Uh, I have a gut feeling uh, it is applicable to a certain degree because we still have energy and energy says a lot, uh, but energy doesn't say all. Um, but maybe instead of precursors, uh, as we called them before, um, the uh, modern age triangle should probably uh, act more on patterns than precursors, because in complex systems you still can see uh, patterns uh, emerging, and those are probably the weak, uh, the weak signals to uh, act on in, in this uh, age. Just putting it there, that's a nice subject for future research, I think. And so on, wrapping up. Um, I would like you to remember um, when you see the triangle, it was intended as an opportunity. And it's, it's uh, well, use it as a heuristic of um, this is an opportunity. You can learn, you can improve, you can do something, maybe you can prevent. Uh, but as with any model, um, it comes with limitations and you have to act within those. And um, if you don't, um, well, the model will not do what you uh, want it to do and it may actually uh, be bad. But, um, there's a lot of uh, critique on near-miss reporting systems uh, in recent years. Um, there's a lot of critique on the triangle. Um, I want to suggest um, be critical, but don't throw out uh, the triangle with the bot water. Thank you. Um, well, if you have a lot of money and well, you want to give yourself a good 
um, Christmas present, check out uh, the forthcoming book, uh, Preventing Industrial Accidents, which deals with it, this in many more words than I had possible to share with you now. Thanks. What do you think? I'm still thinking. I thought the idea of putting patents before precursors was quite powerful, as was the use of hashtags to make sense of the text in reporting systems. Fascinating ideas and very achievable. What Carsten has offered us are some very low-hanging fruits that we can achieve even with limited use of technology. And in a way that we integrate technology with human intelligence. Mind you, everything that we design today is disintegrating humans and human intelligence with technology. What a way to think. There's so much to learn from Carsten. And I promise you that's not the end of it. In the next episode, we will have a very rich conversation with Steve Shorrock talking about his experience with reporting systems from a very practical perspective. If you want to connect with me, I'm on LinkedIn, but you can also email me at nepen.anand at novellas.solutions, which is my first name, dot my last name, at novellas.solutions. Until then, have a beautiful festive season. Enjoy your Christmas in these weird times. and I will be back with you very soon once again.